The Sangha is invited to come back to our breathing so that our collective energy of mindfulness will bring us together as an organism, going as a river with no more separation. Let the whole Sangha breathe as one body, chant as one body, listen as one body, transcending the boundaries of a delusive self, liberating from the superiority complex, the inferiority complex, and the equality complex. The heart of perfect understanding. Mantra of Prajna Parami. 
morning, dear Sangha. Today is uh, the 10th of November, 2013, and we are in the still water meditation hall of the upper hamlet in Plum Ridge. Uh, the winter retreat will start in uh, five days, and many brothers and sisters are coming in the next uh, few days to get ready to uh, to begin uh, the winter retreat. The winter retreat is uh, the most beautiful retreat in Plum Village because it lasts 90, 90 days. And we can go deep in the teaching, and we have plenty of time to build a brotherhood, sisterhood, and transform ourselves. And during this uh, winter, we go uh, learn about uh, applied rich napti matrata. Vimatra, uh, Vishnapti Matra is um, the teaching of mind, Buddhist psychology. And uh, we translate uh, Vishnapti Matra as Yubio, uh, a manifestation only. There's no birth, no death, only manifestation. There's no creation, no destruction. This is, uh, there is only manifestation. After manifestation, manifestation from consciousness. And the teaching has uh, to be uh, understood in such a way that we can apply it to the, our daily life. Like uh, apply to psychology. And the uh, great uh, ordination ceremony the uh, next year will be uh, called uh, Kamlovi, the, the taste of uh, Amrita. Yedang Kamlovi. Begin on the 23rd of May. And those who come uh, for the great ordination ceremony taste of Amrita, they will have a chance to stay on and participate in the 21-day retreat. And during this winter retreat, winter retreat, we have the time to uh, shed light, shine light uh, on, uh, on uh, brothers and sisters who are going to receive uh, the lamp and to receive full ordination and so on will be a lot of joy doing so. Amrita is, uh, Amrita is the nectar of immortality. It's, the taste is very sweet, it's like honey. And uh, Amrita is the nectar of immortality. And that is the uh, uh, what uh, we experience uh, when you touch uh, uh, the nature of no birth and no death. 
the Amitabha Buddha has um, three names. The first name is Vô Lương Thọ, the second name is Vô Lương Quang, and the third name is Cam uh, Lô Vương. Uh, unlimited light, infinite light, infinite uh, uh, lifespan, and the king of Amrita, Amitabha Buddha. Father Son has the name of uh, the King of Immortality. And the 21 day retreat will have the, uh, the theme uh, What happened when, when you die? Very appealing, uh, appealing. Uh, Object of uh, study and meditation. What happens when you die? What happens when you do not die? <laughs> <laughs> and during the, the this uh, winter retreat, we have a pre taste, pre uh, a taste of of that retreat also. During this uh, winter retreat, we should stay in a compound of uh, Plum Village, in the Sangha. And we do not uh, have the permission to go out, even with the internet. So during this winter retreat, there is no, there will be no individual email address. No one in the retreat will have uh, use a a personal email uh, address. All uh, emails uh, will come uh, uh, through one address only. And if you have a mail, uh, they will deliver to you. The office will deliver to you. So you have the time to practice. You do not have to shake your mailbox. No personal email address, no Facebook, absolutely no Facebook. (laughs) Pháp Niệm also has uh, something on Facebook, but after that he found it is not helpful at all, so he stopped, he quit. And they asked him, are you sure? Mm-hmm. And they leave us uh, twenty days to re- to reverse to make to reverse the decision. If ten, in twenty days uh, you don't reverse your uh, decision, and then they will take it off. The Phaphom also recommend that uh, uh, we should not use uh, Facebook. Facebook is neither good uh, evil nor evil. But uh, according to the way we do it, is do uh, is bring us more more negative things than positive, and we lose a lot of time. We are looking for something outside of us. Yeah, we long to something new and things like that, and uh, we do not have the time to go back to ourselves and take care 
of ourselves. So there will be absolutely no Facebook during this uh, retreat. And then if you have uh, things like iPod, uh, iTouch, tablet, (laughs) and anything that is not the Dharma, you have to throw it out, including films and and music that are if there is anything that is not the Dharma, you have to throw it out. And if you have a computer, uh, you should uh, put it, uh, bring your computer to the office. You need to work with your computer, you go to the office and work with other brothers and sisters. Devapkawa has uh, made a tour in Facebook to to see what happened with uh, with, uh, with the brothers uh, or sisters who, who, who have something in Facebook. And he saw that uh, uh, there are negative things, like a brother wearing a dark glass, uh, open his mouth, uh, eating, <laughs> uh, no fine manner at all. And the most beautiful and largest meditation hall Plum Village in the, is in the Low Hamlet. So I wish that uh, during this retreat we will be able to use that, uh, especially for uh, New Year, uh, Christmas, and so on. And I wish is that the sisters of the Low Hamlet will host one day, uh, on one day every week so that they don't have to walk up to the Apamlet twice a week. And they can receive uh, a number of guests. Otherwise, uh, there will not be enough uh, life in the low hamlet. The mayor said no, that's his, uh, his duty is to say no, but uh, our duty is to say yes to, uh, to visitors. And we can use the Nikta, Dhamma Nikta uh, hall for, for, for dining room. We can move the things inside to the basement of, uh, of uh, crystal sunshine. And uh, the brothers in Upper Hamlet may come down and help you. <laughs> so have a very joyful uh, winter retreat in the low hamlet. date I uh, talk a little bit about uh, the day we spent with uh, Google that, is, that was on the 23rd of uh, October and uh, we began the day with uh, breakfast with the Googlers 
and then the, we gave uh, the three uh, the three groups because uh, we cannot come together as one group because they have three locations apart from each other by two uh, kilometers. So Thay is in one group, and Thay's uh, talk is um, seen and heard in the other uh, groups at the same time. And at, the, at each location, there, are, there were monastics uh, sitting uh, and working with them. So we begin with uh, breakfast. Uh, we were about uh, eight sixty monastics. And uh, these are three places are called the three satellite locations. Um, at eight uh, thirty we have uh, instructions on walking meditation. You had a very nice uh, walking meditation. And the people in the Google complex, they call it Google Plex, they uh, did walking meditation very seriously. And uh, at one point we sit down, the time for Thay uh, to invite uh, the small bell three times and have a cup of tea. And then those who came late, they saw that. They saw the very calm atmosphere. It's very rare. And this, uh, these instructions on walking meditation uh, were streamed within Google. And then uh, Google uh, deliver a welcome uh, speech, and uh, they give a talk, and after that, uh, there's a session of questions and answers. And beginning the talk, they give a uh, guided meditation uh, that was uh, uh, that was used the next day when they had uh, a plenary session uh, worldwide. And there, then there were gift exchange, and there will be uh, there at twelve o'clock. There was uh, instructions as how to uh, eat mindfully, and uh, they came. After that, they came and ate with. Uh, the whole, the whole crowd. At 1.45, uh, there was a session of total relaxations led by Sister Chinko. And at 3 o'clock, they meet with the senior Google executives, including a number of um, of uh, engineers 
and uh, brothers and sisters. We had a very long and deep discussion as how to uh, to make good use of technology in order to help people suffer less. Before uh, he went to Google, Brother Fab Hai, Brother Fab Jung, Brother Fab Lu, Fab Lin, Sister King, and my name wrote to take a letter and uh, describe about the situation and the need of, uh, of Google. And there, are, there were a number of questions that they take they want to address. The first question is, uh, how can we innovate in order to take good care of ourselves? So the title they wanted to talk about is uh, Intention, Insight, and Innovation, TI. They are very interested in knowing the interplay between intention, insight, and innovation, not only in terms of work, but also in all aspects of life. The basic question is, how can technology become a force for integration rather than destruction? Because so far, it is a force of destruction. It's uh, uh, pulling us away. So how can technology become a force of integration rather than destruction? How can we innovate in order to take good care of ourselves? How can we innovate in order to take good care? Good care of ourselves. Second, to take care of uh, the health of our workforce force, and to take care of Mother Earth. So there is some kind of uh, enlightenment in the question. They see the negative uh, aspect of technology. They are not capable of uh, giving up technology. They are somehow addicted to technology. 
So they ask the question as how can we use technology in order to take care of ourselves, to take care of the health of our workplace, means all the employees. Because the fact is that uh, they found out in the last few years that emotional health is decreasing. And distress is increasing in the Google uh, uh, workforce. Emotional emotional health is decreasing and uh, distress is increasing and that they have noticed that and they want some kind of teaching and practice in order to deal with that situation and that is not only in Google but in many not to say all corporations Given the high rate of burnout, because burnout is a reality, everyone is burnout. Given the high rate of of burnout, is there a way? Is there a way that we, as a corporation, can assist employees to create a better work-life balance. Because there's too much work, there's no time to live our life. And that is a good question, not only for Google, but for, for us also. It seems that the work is taking over, and, and we are losing our life. We, are not, we do not have the time to live our life. We only have the time to do our work, and that is not worth it. It's a problem of civilization. That is our civilization. Because many Googlers have a hard time detaching from work. They are addicted to their work. And it can take over their lives. Maybe each of us can feel that also in our life. We are being taken over by our work. And we do not have the time and the capacity to live our life deeply. Life is a gift. And we are not able to enjoy, to make the best of that gift to us, the time to live. Google executives have sent out annual survey to all their workforce. It covers a number of different areas, but they have all noticed that over the past few years, emotional health is decreasing and distress 
is increasing. Perhaps, strangely, there is an eagerness to find a technological solution to technology addiction. There is a disease, sickness, called technology addiction, and yet you want to use technology to heal. Can we heal drug with drug? Can we heal drug addiction with drug? Can we heal anger with anger? Can we heal violence with violence? That is the contradiction. So that is the suffering. That is the first noble truth. Not only for Buddhists, but for everyone. The suffering, the ill-being is there. You have to look at it. You have to contemplate the first noble truth, ill-being. Technology is distracting. Technology is taking our time away. We do not have the time to take care of ourselves, our families, and nature. And we are going in a wrong direction, civilization. So this is a good question. This is uh, the beginning of a kind of awakening. You recognize the ill-being, and you want to transform the ill-being. And we are looking for the way, the path, to heal that ill-being. That is the fourth noble truth, the path, the noble path, leading to the transformation of ill-being. It looks like we are losing our control. Like uh, you are, you are flying an airplane, and you lose the control. Or you are, you are driving a, a a train, and suddenly you find that you cannot control the train anymore. You are driving a car. You cannot stop. And there is a Zen story about this. The person, there is a person who sits on a horse, galloping very quickly. And at one crossroad, one friend of his shouted, Where are you going? And the man said, I don't know, you ask the horse. <laughs> and that is our situation. The horse is a technology. It carries us. We cannot control technology anymore. That is our situation. So we have to begin with uh, intention, asking ourselves, what do we want? What do we want? 
the slogan, uh, the unofficial slogan of Google is, don't be evil. You can make money without being evil. And is that uh, practical? Is it possible? Can you make a lot of money without being evil? And that's what they try to do. But so far, not very successful. You want to be wealthy. You, can, you want to be number one. And that costs you your life because you are carried away by the work. You do not have the time to take care of yourself. You do not have the time to create joy and happiness for yourself. You do not have the time to take care of your beloved ones in the family. Because uh, when you do not have the time for yourself, when you do not know how to take care of yourself, how can you care, take care of uh, people you love? So technology is, uh, is, uh, is, uh, is making us uh, alienated from ourselves, from our family, and also from nature, because nature has the power to heal and to nourish. And you spend so much time with your computer, with your uh, search for information and uh, looking for feelings to forget, uh, forget your real problem. So uh, the fact is that uh, we are running away from ourselves, from our family, from our Mother Earth. And that means that we go, civilization is going in a wrong direction. Even if you don't kill anyone, if you don't rob anyone, but by making money, you do not have the time to take care of yourself. You lose your, 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 your real life. And you are... Uh, you are you do not have the time to take care of uh, of your family and of nature. It means you are doing something not not good. Even if you don't kill anyone, if you don't rob anyone from anything, making money like that costs you your life, your happiness, the life happiness of your uh, beloved one, and uh, the life of uh, nature, mother earth. So that is evil. Making money is evil. But is there any other way to make money without being evil? You know that somehow you are, you are participating in making uh, suffering. People have uh, suffering within themselves. They have uh, loneliness. They have despair. 
they have anger, they have fear. And most of people are afraid of uh, going home to take care of themselves because they, are, they think that they, be, they will be overwhelmed by the suffering inside. So most of us try to cover up the suffering inside by consuming. We are trying to run away from ourselves in order not to have to confront the suffering within. And technology is helping us to do so. So technology is evil. The horse is supposed to carry us to a good destination. The train also, the plane also, and technology also. But it is not doing that work. And we are not in control. And technology so far has helped us to run away from ourselves. At the cost of uh, our own life and happiness, the life and happiness of our beloved one and the beauty of Mother Earth. So you cannot say that uh, you are not evil because uh, while realizing your dream of being wealthy, you sacrifice your life, you sacrifice the happiness of your beloved one, and you make you cause damage to Mother Earth. You do not have the chance to be nourished and 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 healed by her. So it's not so easy not to be evil. But if technology can help you to go home to yourself and take care of your anger, take care of your despair, take care of your loneliness, if technology helps you to create uh, joyful feelings, happy feelings for yourself and for beloved one, it's going a good way. You can make good use of technology. And maybe when you are happy, when you have the time for yourself and your beloved one, uh, and then maybe you can be more successful in your business. You can make more money if you are really happy, if you have uh, a good emotional health, if you can reduce uh, the... uh, the amount of stress and despair within yourselves. So during the talk, I tried to speak about the four nutrients. You know that in, in Buddhist psychology, there are five uh, universal mental formations. Contact, suk, attention, tari, feelings, tha, perception, tuong, volition. 
คือ and these are called mental formations and they are always there at any moment expressing themselves in our uh, in our consciousness so the first one is uh, contact the last one is t and these two mental formations are considered to be to be food to be nutriment thực you have suk thực and you have tư niệm thực suk thực is is the kind of food we consume not with our mouth The food we consume with our mouth is called edible food, and this is uh, sensory impressions, and that is a kind of food. And those of us who want to consume in order to forget the suffering in us. We can use technology. We want to consume. We consume not because we need to consume. We consume with the purpose to uh, to forget for a while the suffering inside of us. Like uh, when we are lonely, fearful. We go uh, and search for something to eat in the refrigerator. We are looking for something to eat or to drink, not because we need the food, we need the drink, but we are doing that because we want to forget for some time the suffering in us. So many people are addicted to eating and become fat. And suffer of uh, many kind of disease just because uh, we are looking for food, for consumption, in order to forget our our suffering. And that is edible food. But uh, the food here is sensory impressions. We want to have a sensation. Or we pick up a book, we read, and expecting to have a sensation. We go to the internet. We look for pictures and songs and musics to have a, a kind of feeling, a kind of sensations. And the purpose is just to run away from ourselves, to avoid ourselves, or to cover up the suffering in us. That is, uh, that is the second uh, source of nutriment talked about by the Buddha: sensory impressions. When you listen to mu- the music, when to uh, when you read a book, when you pick up a newspaper to read, not exactly because you need these uh, these things. You do that like a machine. Because you are used to doing that, 
you do it in order to not to have the chance to encounter yourself. You are afraid of going home to yourself. That is true to many of us. We are afraid of going home to ourselves because we don't know how to handle the suffering inside of us. That is why we are looking for sensory impressions in order to consume and technology, the internet, is helping us to do so. So many young people are doing that. A teenager confessed to us in a retreat that he spent at least eight hours with electronic games and he cannot abandon that. In the beginning he was looking for games in order to forget, now he is addicted to it. Because in real life uh, he does not feel, not, uh, feel any love, any understanding, anything like that in family, in his school, in society. So many young people are trying to fill up the loneliness, the emptiness inside by looking for impressions, sensory impressions, that is the second, second source of nutriment. Now, as a Buddhist monk or Buddhist nun, uh, we doing the same. If the people, young people in the world, they are doing so, they are running away from themselves, they are looking for sensory impression to forget their suffering. Are we monastics supposed to do the same? If you go to the internet and download a film and a song, to enjoy, then you are doing the same. You have to do the Buddha, the, the way the Buddha prescribed you to do. Going, going home to yourself without fear. Breathe and walk to generate energy of mindfulness and concentration and insight and go home and take care of the loneliness inside, of the suffering inside. You do not have the time to go and look for sensory impressions, sense impressions, to fill up the loneliness, the vacuum in us. If we do like we do like that, we are not really a monastic. We are doing exactly what the people in the world they are doing, trying to cover up the loneliness, the suffering inside. That is why. Uh, in this winter retreat, we have to to practice it with our own responsibility. Because not because they tell us to do it that we do it, but we do it because there is an enlightenment, there is a awakening. They want to do it to do differently than the people in the world, in order to help people in the world. If we are doing exactly like the people in the world, and then we cannot help them. We have to learn to go home to ourselves and take care of the suffering inside and get the peace, the joy that we need so that we can help people. That is why no, uh, no email uh, address, no internet, no uh, 
Facebook is not uh, something that makes you suffer, but, but uh, a kind of uh, practice that helps you uh, to be, become a real uh, practitioner. And if you do it, if you are awake, if you wake up to that kind of truth, uh, you will do it with joy and not uh, not like uh, people try to deprive you of uh, of Facebook or of uh, a email address and things like that. Because there are many people who check their email several times a day and find nothing new. Because you are empty inside, you are looking for something new. But something new, nothing new in the world except suffering. And you have to be able to generate something really new, uh, a feeling of joy, a feeling of happiness. And that is possible with the practice of mindfulness. Thầy nghe nói là các giáo thọ sắp mới đã họp rồi về cái chuyện này. Không biết là các các sống khác đã học chưa. Thầy, thầy hear that uh, the Dhamma teachers in the New Hamlet have, uh, have met and discussed about this matter. And they don't know whether the Dhamma teachers in other Hamlet have done the same to prepare ourselves for, for the winter retreat. And we will advise lay practitioners who come with us to join us in the practice. And if we, uh, we tell them why, they will understand. They will be happy to join us in the practice. Because in the winter retreat, you have to stay in the compound of the here and the now. You should not go out, even with the technology. So, contact. This, uh, this is a source of food. And then you know that also volition is another source of food. Volition is intention. What do you want to do with your life? You have a life. You are given a life to live. And what do you want to do with your life? That is the question. Of course, you have the right to look for material comforts and uh, affective uh, comforts. But that's not really the deepest desire of your life. You want to do something, really something with your life. Not just looking for material and affective uh, comforts. Material comforts, affective comforts is a uh, uh, daily concern. But do you have any ultimate concern? Anything that is more long-lasting, more meaningful, the meaning of your life? And that is the fifth, the fourth, the fourth element of uh, of food, 
That is a tremendous source of energy. If uh, your volition is only to make money, to become number one corporation, that's not enough. Because there are those who have a lot of money, a lot of power, and yet they are not happy. They feel quite lonely. They don't have uh, time to live their life. Nobody understands them. They don't understand anyone. Happiness is not there because there is no understanding and love. So your volition is not to have a lot of money, to have social recognition, to have a lot of power or fame. What you really like, you want, it may be something more. Maybe you want to reverse the direction of civilization. You want to help people to go back to themselves in order to take care of themselves. You want to help people to know how to handle the suffering in them, how to heal, how to transform, how to generate joy and happiness how to live deeply every moment of their life so that they can help uh, their beloved one to do the same and help uh, the earth to restore her beauty. And that is a good source of nutriment. That is a good desire, a good nutriment. And as a corporate leader, if you put into yourself that kind of um, energy, and then you become very strong. And that is the first item that you wanted to speak about, the intention, the motivation behind that push us to do what we are doing. The Buddha has a strong desire. He desires to transform himself to have a lot of uh, freedom and uh, compassion in order to help people to suffer less. That is a good desire, that is a good food. And animated by that kind of energy, he spent 49, 45 years uh, uh, teaching and helping people, all kinds of people. He had uh, a very strong energy. So those of us, who have uh, a good source of uh, nutriment concerning volition uh, is, can be a very happy person. And that is why uh, only wishing to have a lot of money and fame and power is not good food. To generate understanding and compassion to be truly happy and to be able to help many people. That is good volition, good intention. And if a corporate leader has that kind of bodhicitta, and then he can reverse the trend of uh, civilization. And now he can be himself and he can control the horse, he can control the plane, and he can make good use of uh, the 
technology. With a knife, you can you can you can do the cooking. You can chop vegetable. You can uh, peel uh, potatoes, carrots, and so on. So, so, so the knife is helpful. But with the knife, uh, a terrorist can kill people. So technology is like that. But you have compassion in your in yourself. And especially when you, if you have the insight in yourself. And then you can come up with innovations that can help you uh, make good use of technology in order to, to help yourself and help people going home to themselves, take, taking care of themselves and taking care of, of their beloved ones. So uh, I spent um, time to talk about the four nutrients. Mm, edible food, sense impressions, mm, volition, and consciousness. Consciousness as a food, a source of food. Because you uh, are your individual consciousness is also a source of food. There are many good things in your consciousness. You have the capacity to love, to forgive, to understand, to be compassionate. And if you know how to how to cultivate these elements within your consciousness. You have good food. You have a seat of compassion. Any one of us has a seat of compassion. And if we know how to water the seat of compassion every day, the seat of compassion can grow every day. And every time we touch the seat of compassion, it becomes a mental formation. And with compassion, you don't suffer anymore. And that is good food. But compassion is not the only good food you have. You have the seed of joy, of happiness, of tenderness, of forgiveness, of non-discrimination. Many good things in yourself. And you have to learn the way to cultivate more these uh, elements so that you have good food to nourish you and make uh, the people you love happy. And in you, there, is also, there are also negative uh, seeds, like uh, a seed of anger, a seed of despair, a seed of loneliness. If you consume in such a way, that uh, water all these uh, negative seeds. When you read the newspaper, when you play an electronic game, 
when you have a conversation, you may water the seed of anger, despair, jealousy in you. And you are cultivating the kind of food that is not healthy to yourself. Because when they manifest in you as the energy of anger and fear, you are consuming your own consciousness. That's not good food. So like a gardener, in a garden you cultivate uh, the good things for your kitchen. And there are poison, poisonous things you don't cultivate. You, can, you don't can cultivate that. Uh, we know that there are plants that can make us sick, like a poison oak, and so on. And if we consume, we will suffer. So that is uh, true with anger, despair, violence, discrimination. These are not good food. But all of us have the seed of these negative things in us. And the collective uh, consciousness is also food. There are neighborhoods that are full of violence and fear, anger and despair. And if you happen to live in that neighborhood, you consume the collective energy of anger, fear. You don't want to be angry and fearful and violent like them, but if you continue to to stay there for a few years, you consume that kind of collective energy of anger and fear and despair and violence, and you become like them. That is not good food. So consciousness is food. When you come to a retreat, you see hundreds of people who know how to breathe, how to concentrate, how to release tension, how to generate compassion. They generate a very powerful collective of uh, mindfulness, compassion, and you consume. You feel the peace, you feel the joy, you feel brotherhood, and you consume. That is good food. Collective energy can be Collective consciousness can be good, good food, or can be poisonous. And therefore, that nutriment is very important. But in Google, we speak more about, about volition, because volition responds to their inquiry about, uh, about intention. So any corporate leader should have a desire, should have a volition, should have a motivation. And we have to examine that. The desire to do what? Desire to have money, to have power, to have a lot of uh, sensual pleasure, or the desire to help people to suffer less. And if you have that kind of good, a good food, good uh, nutriment, and then you become a happy person. And with the happy, uh, and you can be a good leader because you know how to how to lead your corporation. Corporation. A corporate leader can learn 
to go home to himself first. To listen to his suffering. To understand his own suffering. To have compassion for himself. To take care of himself. And after he is able to to do that, he can help people in his family to do that. His family will be his support. And then he will bring that practice to to his uh, corporation. He will try to help his associate to do the same. And they will practice uh, helping all employees in the workforce to do the same. Helping them to go home and take care of themselves and their families. They come to your corporation not only to get a job, to have a job and to make some money. You can inspire them to have that kind of volition, that kind of intention, that kind of innovation, uh, uh, um, motivation. You give them the third nutriment. You inspire them. Dear, dear friend, you come here not just because to have a job and to nourish your family, to feed your family. You come here to join us in helping people to suffer less. We, use, uh, we work in such a way to help people to work, to, to, to go back to themselves and take care of themselves. And in order to do that, we have to do it for ourselves. So our brothers have proposed to Facebook and Google to create a kind of website where people can come and learn how to breathe, how to walk, how to handle a strong emotion, how to generate a feeling of joy and happiness for self and for others, people. And Facebook has, has uh, promised to our brothers and sisters to help uh, with that. And if uh, Google has uh, a Google mindfulness and then all the, all the employees of Google can go there and learn how to take care of themselves and to take care of their families before they can do things into help, in order to help the people. And they will have that kind of insight as to what kind of, uh, of uh, gadget, a kind of uh, device, electronic uh, gadget or device that can help us to, to go into direction. Suppose you talk to your uh, smartphone. Dear friend, I suffer. What shall I do? And your smartphone say, whoa, the first thing you have to do is to breathe in mindfully and go back to yourself. Do you want to listen to the advice of a good teacher? Here, you can hear his voice or her voice. And the electronic device can tell you, dear friend, you are not in a good uh, uh, situation to do something important. You have anger in you. You have to go home and to take care 
of your anger. It's like uh, when you drive a car, and if you are sleeping, you are dozing in the car, it's a very dangerous situation. And there is some kind of sensor that detects that, and you invite the bell to sound. And you say, dear friend, you are sleepy. Wake up. Uh, it's dangerous to drive like that. So that is practice of mindfulness. And the electric device is that you, that you, that you invent can do that kind of work. I reminder, I reminding, I consulting, I returning to yourself. So you spend uh, two hours discussing with uh, uh, Google uh, executives and um, and uh, engineers to discuss about uh, the way to uh, to make good use of technology in order to help people to suffer less, to take care of themselves. There are many functions, new functions they can, they can put it in, uh, in the new uh, uh, telephone to help, like uh, bell of mindfulness. The bell of mindfulness uh, every quarter of an hour, so that you remember to go back to yourself and to, uh, to take care of yourself. Like in Plum Village, every time you hear the bell, we stop the thinking, we stop the talking, we stop our action, we go back to ourselves, bringing our mind back to our body, and get inside that, ah, we are alive. We are present, sitting, working on this planet. How wonderful. So you enjoy breathing in and out three times in mindfulness in order to celebrate the fact that you are still alive sitting, walking on this beautiful planet, bell of mindfulness. And when you are confused, when you are angry, you can talk to your phone. And your phone can, can remind you what to do and what not to do. And all that technology can do also. There was a young engineer. He looked very bright. He said, but, uh, but if we do these things, it's like we are imposing on them what they don't need. And they said, that, well, there are real needs, and there are needs that are not real. Like, uh, like when you look for something to eat, it's not exactly because you are hang, uh, hung, hungry, but uh, eating like that in, is, is only to, to forget for some time uh, the suffering in yourself. 
So that is not real need. But if you are you are trying to to afford to satisfy these kind of needs, you are not helping them. You are trying to give them the kind of sense impression that they need in order to cover up their suffering. That is not helping them. But they have real need, like going home to themselves and take care of themselves. Going home to their families and take care of their, fam- their families. That are real needs. And that is why you have to help people knowing what is their real, what are their, their real needs and their, their needs that are not real. So that the discussion went in that direction. Intention, insight, and innovation. And I think uh, we have planted a lot of good seeds in the mind of these Googlers. And let us see what will come after, uh, after a few months. This is a kind of... Uh, Dualistic thinking. Work is one thing and life is another thing. When you park after you have parked your car in a parking lot and begin to walk to your office, you can choose between mindful walking or walking quickly in order to arrive at the office. You have to walk anyway. But if you know how to walk, then from the parking lot to your office, every step can bring you joy and happiness. You can release the tension in your body with every step. You can touch the wonders of life with every step. And walking is a pleasure. Otherwise, walking is a labor. On one hand, you see walking as life. And on the other hand, you see walking as, uh, walking as uh, a labor. When you wash the dishes after lunch, it depends on the way of washing dishes. That washing dishes is work our life. There is a way to wash dishes that help you to enjoy every minute, every moment of dishwashing. So washing dishes is not work, it is life. If you want to know how to wash dishes, read my book, The Miracle of Mindfulness. And that book is to help you how to wash the dishes. So when you mop the floor, when you cook your breakfast, and if you know how to do it in mindfulness, and then that is life, that's not work. When you drive your car also, when you receive a guest also, when a doctor receives a patient, that is work. But with compassion, with joy, you can transform the meeting between you, the doctor, and the patient into a beautiful relationship, and that is life. So life and work 
are not two different things. They can be the same thing. When he does uh, calligraphy, he he practiced that. Um, with a brush, he hold a brush, and he begin to draw half a circle, mindfully. And he breathe in. And beginning every session of calligraphy, he 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 always mix some tea with the Chinese ink. And there is always the tea in the ink. The tea is uh, was invented by monastics in the Zen tradition because they they have found out that drinking that kind of leaf, uh, you are more awake in order to do sitting meditation. So tea and meditation has have been together for a long time, many years. Thousand years. So to begin uh, each session of uh, calligraphy practice with uh, a cup of tea, and then he leaves some tea in order to mix with uh, the ink. And when he draw half a circle, he has uh, his in breath going at the same time. So mindfulness is that. And then. When he draw the the second half of the, of the circle, he breathe out. So there is a breathing in the circle. There is mindfulness in the circle. From time to time, he invite his own teacher to do the circle together. Because in this hand, there is the hand of the mother, of the father, of the ancestor, of the teacher, of the Buddha, because they're doing, they're doing the circle in mindfulness. So there must be the hand of the Buddha in his hand. So during that kind, that, um, that practice of drawing a circle, there is a mindfulness, there is concentration, there is insight, that this insight is made not by a self, but by a collective, a community of selves. The Buddha is there and and help with making the cycle in mindfulness and so on. So if you you say that he is working hard, you are not right. Because he enjoy uh, making the circle. And that is also his life and his practice. Meditation, working, practicing become one. In, in the monastic um, life of Plum uh, Village, we, we do four things in our daily life. First of all, we have to learn to study, study the Dharma. And then we have to practice the Dharma. And we have to work uh, cleaning, cooking, Organizing a retreat is work. And then playing. Having tea with each other, uh, playing uh, uh, basketball and things like that. So four aspects of monastic life. 
you do not enjoy only the time of playing, because uh, the time of playing is not just playing. We learn a lot, because that is time when we have a chance to build brotherhood, sisterhood, uh, cultivate more health. Uh, we learn, we practice. We play in such a way that we can cultivate brotherhood, sisterhood. Enjoy, and that is the practice, that is the learning. So in the playing, there is the studying, the practice, and the work. And we learn in such a way that there must be joy, like when we play. And when we practice, we do the same. We do walking meditation in such a way that is joy, in sitting meditation also. You don't have to suffer when you practice sitting meditation. You don't have to suffer when you do walking meditation. You can do it as a, a play, a game. It can be very joyful just sitting together and doing nothing. It may be uh, wonderful to do walking together, drawing. You don't have to suffer during the practice. That's not a good practice if you suffer during the time you practice. Uh, listen to a Dhamma talk also. Uh, there must be joy, happiness. Allowing yourself, uh, allow the good seeds in you to be watered by the Dhamma talk. And walking also, why we organize a retreat, a day of mindfulness, when we uh, prepare to welcome uh, our friends who come and practice with us. We do it with compassion. We have a chance to serve, and that is give us a lot of joy. And when we lead a retreat, we organize a retreat. That's not working alone. That is practicing. Because when people come and practice, we practice with them. So there absolutely there is absolutely no distinction between work and life. Tại vì khi mà mình tổ chức tu cho người ta tu thì mình cũng được tu phải không? Phải vậy không? Cho nên cái đó là là tu chứ đâu phải về làm việc. Because when we organize a retreat for people to practice, we have a chance to practice also. So there is no distinction between working and living and practicing. So that is uh, the meaning of monastic life, the four aspects of that life, learning, practicing, working, and playing. These four, each of the four has the three others inside. And as a lay practitioner, you can do the same. One example they have already given, driving the car, parking the car, and walking to the workplace. Instead of trying to run to your office, you enjoy walking. And when you do the work, you do it in such a way that life is possible. You enjoy what you are doing. When, if you are a psychotherapist, and you are, if you are seeing it, talking with a client, 
that's not just work, working to get some money. That's to build relationship. That's to express your compassion. That's to help people. So you don't see the time you spend with your patient as work, but as life. And that is why we have to transcend the dualistic thinking about work and life. And that is to be trained. We have to train ourselves in order to do our work in such a way that every moment of work is a moment of life. No worries.